Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hello, and welcome to Rocktober! The most wonderful, dreadful time of year. Wonderfully dreadful, but also because it rocks. So, welcome to Rocktober, Patrick. How are you? I'm doing well. This the second day of Rocktober? <laughs> yes. Glad I got that right because I didn't look. <laughs> Dang. Look at you. Look at you. Proud of you. Well, you know, nothing says Rocktober like a bunch of Halloween movies dropping. Or at least scary movies, if not Halloween, but at least scary movies. And, uh, yeah, we've got plenty to talk about today. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Um, but before we get into all that, what is new with you, my friend? What's going on? Oh, doing good. Uh, preparing for first day in my new role tomorrow yep. so see how that goes um this week has been pretty relaxing because i've mostly been kind of in the cut shadow observing <laughs> stepping in if need be yeah um but yeah it's been interesting week different um cool. and like i was mentioning beforehand helped my sister saturday move her dad into his sister's house and he's on the third level of the hotel he was in and back and forth just further Telling me like, hey, if nothing else, at least start walking more. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, but we did that, and then I still had time to watch a few movies that day, and um, five movies these last two days. <laughs> Look at you! It's not even Oscar time. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Had to make up because I wasn't really watching anything through the week, you know, except yeah. for a few shows here and there. But, uh, you know. Not not much has been playing late, so yeah, gotcha. Wait to the weekend. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, York lost a tooth. I mean, he's he'll be twelve two months from tomorrow, mm-hmm. and freaking lost a tooth the other day. So, and it's not a permanent one. Thank goodness, it's not one of his adult one. He's. I'm hoping that's the last one he has. Right. <laughs> I mean, because. Yeah, but big surprise to everybody. Yeah, you never know. Yep. And then, uh, you know, he he got some new art supplies, so he's very excited about that. He he had his heart set on a easel, like a stand-up easel, so um, they had one like 40% off. So I got it for him, and then he got a sketchbook to basically write, uh, like a huge sketchbook, sketchbook that sits right on it. And then he ended up, I, I wanted to take a picture of him next to it and uh, send it to the family. Yeah. And he ends up, I kid you not, without even realizing it, doing the Will Smith meme pose, you know, where he's like presenting yeah. something. <laughs> and then, you know, usually like there's some sort of text or a picture or whatever. Yeah. And but basically he was doing that with his with his uh, canvas or with his, you know, sketchbook open and and easel i'm like i'm totally gonna use this to make a meme now yep, it's like you don't have to cover you've got it because it's just a blank sketch yeah. thing so it's perfect 
Yep. So I'm like, yep, we're going to start using that. And you don't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> Sucker. That's, that's the best moments. Yep. Unexpected. And then, yep. And then he, uh, he got a few, uh, a couple of art supply things uh, today too. So he's ready. For, he's kicking it with that hobby. And then he started some new classes at his martial arts uh, place. Uh, started offering some new ones where they could start learning how to use like different Weapon styles, you know, offense, defense with weapons. Yeah. And then also some that are like he hasn't really got to spar in his class like he used to um, when he went to the other location. Mm-hmm. So on Fridays now they have a class where basically that's all they do is just spar, practice sparring against each other, which is great. And I know he misses it yeah. or had missed it. And then another one's just more grappling techniques and um, stuff they've already been working on, but he he's enjoying that. Um, they also have another one that's for like weapons or whatever. But he said he was freaking beat. He's like, yeah. I want. It's like I really want to do it, but you know, like next week, <laughs> it's like I'm tired. I said, okay. I said, you got it, man. We'll do it. Pace yourself. So, yep. So basically, now York has martial arts Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And Grayson has gymnastics Tuesday, Thursday. Yep. So, Staying active. Uh, e, very. Keeping us active on yeah. bleach, on metal bleachers for five days a week. <laughs> yeah. Do you have like a tush cushion? Nope. Nope. Just just my tush as my cushion. <laughs> so, I end All up right. standing quite a I get to where I stand quite a bit after a while. Cause, yeah. Like, but yeah, it's it's all good, and they're having a blast, and that's all that matters. True. Um, Grayson's doing good in her gymnastics and having a good time, so we're all good there. And then, um, yeah, I mean, chill, not chill, but very active, uh, staying pretty active at work, both physically and mentally, as I try and get some new things rolling out for us for for work. So yeah. Um, yeah, so it's good. It's all good there. It's uh, I'm enjoying. We'll say I'm enjoying the self-imposed stress that I'm putting upon myself because I know it's because I know the payoffs, you know, outweigh everything else. At least it's self-imposed. <laughs> it is, and that's usually most of my stress when it comes to work is usually self-imposed because I'm trying to. I'm wanting not only for me to be better at what I do, but wanting others to be better at what they do yeah. and wanting them to want to be, actually that's more it. Like I'm wanting to do better at what I do, but I'm wanting, I'm wanting others to want to do the same. And I feel okay. like that's, I feel like that's happening slowly, but it's like, I'm seeing some change and I, that, that, you know, is probably the best compliment. So, because I don't do well with compliments. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's just I feel awkward. You see the results. That's compliment enough. Yes, and pretty much. So yeah. Um, yeah. Other yeah. than that, yeah. So that's like I don't like big. I don't like big presentation type things. <laughs> like trying to when they try to make a big thing out of things. I'm like that's not for me. Yeah. Um, just. Give me a thumbs up, and I'm like, okay, we're good. <laughs> and then call it a day. Yep. 
I don't want anything more than that. Just no, no balloons, no, no confetti, no, just no big crowd. Just, just let's just grab, buddy. Yeah, cool. Appreciate it. And then go from there. Anyways, um, that's about it. Otherwise, we're kicking along there. I'm trying to get, uh, you know, working on some things for our show, and that's for weeks ahead. Seeing what Crackalax this October. Yeah. About it. All righty. Uh, trailers for this for this week. We have Bones and All. This is Luca. I'm not. Gonna, I'm gonna butcher that name again. God dog. Nino. Basically, it's the guy that directed Call Me by Your Name. We'll just go with that. Okay. Uh, this stars Timothy Chalamet again, Michael Stolberg as well, Mark Rylance, Chloe Sevigny, uh, Taylor Russell, David Gordon Green, Jessica Hopper, Anna Cobb, and Andre Holland. Marin, a young woman, learns how to survive on the margins of society. Coming soon. Dun, dun, dun. It's a very short description. Yeah, but I'm sure I'm sure it'll be beautifully shot, beautifully, you know, wonderfully acted and uh, very well directed. So we'll see. Uh, Coming to TV wise, at least coming to HBO Max, uh, we have The Last of Us based on sorry, based on the video game. We have The Last of Us. There we go. That's phrasing. The. Joel and Ellie appear connected through the harsh, the harshness of the world they live in, are forced to endure brutal circumstances and ruthless killers on a trek across post-pandemic America. Starring Pedro Pascal as Joel Miller, Bella Ramsey as Ellie Williams, Gabriel Luna as Tommy Miller, Nick Offerman as Bill, uh, Marie Dandridge as Marlene, and Jeffrey Pierce as Perry. So, this trailer looks pretty intense. I don't know anything about the game. But, from what I understand, it's fairly well storyboarded a lot uh, like the game. But I never played it, so I have no idea. I've played very little. Like I, when I got um, <clears throat> got PS3 and it was bundled in mm-hmm. that and Batman, the Batman game, and I, I watched so many gameplay videos that when I finally got the game, I just didn't play it because I kind of knew what was happening. So it's kind of hard to get into it. Gotcha. So I kind of I kind of ruined that experience <laughs> doing that. But um, yeah, I'm curious curious because some of the talk is like they're they're cool with the joel casting but people aren't really warmed up to the the um ellie casting so oh, okay yeah Good. everybody's yeah. critic right yeah you know because i think that's, in the not, game, who I that's huh? not who i picked <laughs> right that's not who i picked that's not who i wanted this is crap hollywood never listens to the fans etc 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 haven't watched it yet and then Got all kind of, you know, I'm open-minded. 
Yeah. You know, we'll see what they do with it. HBO Max is not really known for making bad TV. No. Yeah. Yeah. They have a couple bad seasons here and there, but... <laughs> but overall, overall, pretty good. Pretty solid programming. Yep. Um, also coming up, we have Mo- Michael Showalter's new movie, Spoiler Alert, the story of Michael Asilio and Kit Cowan's relationship that takes a tragic turn when Cowan is diagnosed with terminal cancer. So, you know, a comedy. <laughs> uh, Sorry, Ben Aldridge, Jim Parsons, Sally Field, Bill Irwin, uh, Josh Payas, Tara Summers, Nikki M. Jo- or James, and uh, yeah, looks interesting. It's based on the book by Marco Alcilio, and script is written by him. Uh, David Marshall Grant and Dan Savage. Yep, and that's all we got for trailers. Boom, boom, boom. Not much this week, which is fine. Quite a bit, last couple. Yeah. I guess, are we ready for our feature presentation? Sure. Sure. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. This uh, this week we watched Hocus Pocus two, which dropped on Disney Plus. It is rated PG, one hour forty three minutes long. This is the sequel to the nineteen ninety three movie of the same. Well, not a. Uh, the 1993 release of Hocus Pocus is not a remake of Hocus Pocus 2. Anyways. Exactly. Uh, three young women accidentally bring back the Sanderson sisters to modern-day Salem and must figure out how to stop the child-hungry witches from wreaking havoc on the world. Or at least on Salem. Yeah. Reprising their roles as the Sanderson sisters, Bette Midler as Winifred or Winnie. Sarah Jessica Parker as Sarah and uh, Kathy Najimy as Mary. Also starring Whitney Peake as Becca, Melissa Escobedo as Izzy, and uh, Lilia Buckingham as Cassie. Which those are, uh, and one of our favorite actors, Sam Richardson as Gilbert. Uh, Doug Jones as Billy Bridgerson, Tony Hale as the mayor, and our good friend slash former guest, actor Michael Toe as Mr. Wilkie, the teacher. Dun, dun, dun. So, good to have one of our past guests represented in this movie. Yes. Trust as a banana. <laughs> <laughs> but hey. He's, I mean, it's a cop. It's literally a costume. I mean, it's Halloween in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> this is. And oh, I forgot Hannah. Uh, Hannah Waddingham as the witch mother, who when she first came on, I thought was Kathleen Turner, like a very, like, uh, like they digitally de-aged her or whatever. Mm-hmm. Kathleen Turner. 
just with the hair and everything. Just I was like, I, it's like I know it's not Kathleen Turner, but it definitely resembles her. Yeah. So, and uh, most people know uh, Hannah Waddenham from Ted Lasso. So this movie is directed by Ann Fletcher. And uh, so we watched it. You know, so it's no secret. Grayson loves the first Hocus Pocus mm-hmm. and will have it on the repeat and drive me bonkers. But it's, her, it's one of her jams. So I just let her embrace it. I just have to try and tune it out from time to time. Like it's, yeah. I don't, I don't dislike the movie. It's just not one of my favorites. <clears throat> Usually if it's on, it's fine. But when it's on over and over, not so much. Yeah. So she, knowing that was Friday, as soon as she got dressed, <clears throat> came downstairs and had her little you know, phone and immediately put the movie on while I'm like getting her M&M yogurt ready, get my coffee ready, getting ready to go out the door. Yeah. And so sure enough, you know, Ruth comes down to get ready to take them to school on Friday. And she's like, what are you watching? She's like. Hocus Pocus 2. She goes, Grayson. She's like, I couldn't help it. I was so excited. I couldn't <laughs> wait. <laughs> you know, and start. Take it too long. <laughs> yeah. I want to watch it now. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I didn't say anything. I was like, I can't wait for Ruth to come down to see this. That's not, I'm going to be <laughs> out the door. I'm not going to have to see a thing. Yeah. But yeah, it was great. Um, we uh, so yeah, we ended up we watched it. York uh, was tired from Krav, so he kind of went up and rest. Got you know got dinner and then went up and rested. Yeah. So it was just you know three of us down watching it. <clears throat> it's very. It seemed like this one wasn't like a big budget Disney movie. It seemed like it was a Disney movie for like dis like Disney TV. Yeah, and I only say that because the sets are very much look like they're shot in a warehouse. If that makes sense, it didn't seem like they really tried to have this be filmed in an actual city or somewhere. It seems like they tried to do as much work in in a warehouse as possible, like in a studio warehouse as possible. Right. So, which you know, a lot of the like zombies and Descendants movies are kind of similar that way. And what you know, some of those other uh, made-for-Disney TV movies. So this one kind of threw me off because it kind of it really felt like that. The first one did, but also kind of didn't. Yes, in a yeah. way. And so it, the you could tell that you know basically the three Sanderson sisters uh, were just having a blast making this. I had read that. Uh, Bed Midor before, you know, had just happened to go on the internet and do a search, and she could not get over how much Hocus Pocus Hocus Pocus merchandise was out there. Like she yeah. didn't realize how much of a like cult hit it was, and how popular it really is until she did that, and then immediately was like, I, you know, she wanted to get this, you know, a sequel made. Because she had such a fun time working on the last one. 
Yeah. So they spent. So basically, she went to the studios like every year. It's like, it was like, can we do it? Let's do this. Can we do it? Let's do it. You know, and very encouraging and uh, really, and basically everybody was on board. It's just they had to get. Finally, they gave you know basically they gave in and got the movie yeah. made. So, and as far as it being, she really didn't. Yeah, she's like a, it. yeah, pretty much like all right, fine. It's it's like giving in to your kids whenever yes. whenever they keep nagging you about something, and you're like you're just finally you just they break you. <laughs> you're like okay, it's just as long as you shut the hell up about it after we stop bothering. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you'll just go away then yes <laughs> but yeah it's it seemed like it was a lot of that um they had you could tell they were having a blast making this movie mm-hmm. there's story there's story issues with this one i mean there's it i'm not trying to get too hype i want to say hyper critical but too critical about a movie that is obviously made for kids yeah. And I mean, family too, but the story's kind of weak. It's just kind of, <laughs> oh no, they got released. Basically, these three girls go into this. The Sanderson house had been turned into a gift shop by Gilbert, who is played by Sam Richardson. These three girls, one's kind of into witchcraft stuff, but not like evil sorcery kind of, you know, just. Uh, hobby almost there you go <clears throat> more of a more of a dabble we'll say yeah yeah so of course you know they go to the store and then gilbert gets him the black flame but you know he everyone thinks it's just a you know knickknack from the souvenir store yeah and you know book is still the spell book is like all tied down and trapped in this case mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so they you know they uh Go to the woods, um, and they start kind of just jokingly start doing the spell. The only problem, or uh, Becca and Izzy do. The only problem is they ended up bringing back the Sanderson sisters in doing so. So now it's about, you know, then they, of course, the Sanderson sisters quickly pick up that there's kids. And they're like, oh, no, we're just, we're actually 40. (laughs) <laughs> it's just very good potions and everything. Just look young. Yeah. And so they offer to take them to, or they say lotions. You know, it's a lot of lotions we use. And lotions is like potions. So take us to this place. And they go to a Walgreens. And I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. And, you know, they're trying out different makeup and, you know, lotions and like not only using it on their skin, but also eating it too. So it's kind of silly, but it's, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's not a movie I'm going to want to watch again. Grayson definitely will. I think she already has, but this is definitely a movie made for kids made for, it's a family movie, but I don't think a whole too many adults are going to really enjoy it too much. Cause I feel like they're almost trying too hard to mm-hmm. recapture the magic from the first one. Yeah. And that's kind of what it felt like to me. Like, I know they were having a great time making it, but I don't know if it was the directing or just the kind of 
a, a story with very uh, thin uh, plot armor. <laughs> so like they just had so much fun doing it, they just lost sight of the actual yeah meat meat of it. Well, <laughs> or new or just newness. Like they tried so much to make basically the same movie. Yeah. And so instead of just trying something fresh. Yeah, because I mean, get the, you know, present day, mm-hmm. get the simple fish out of water, like they're from, you know, back then. Which you know, kind of the first one they did it a little better there, but here you got yeah. more technology. Yeah. And so they could have just used that as a way to kind of get them. You know, could have been a lot of comedy moments there. Yeah. Which, yeah. Um, the Roombas were pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. That's probably my favorite part. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I don't know. It just seemed like a lot of rehashing, but in the, but I, you know, if you're watch, if you're, if you're a fan of the first Hocus Pocus, I think you'll like it just because there are some Easter eggs, some cameos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not out, outright cameos, but at least we'll say Easter eggs. From the first one. Yeah. Um, but you kind of have to be looking for them, though. So it's. Yeah, I mean, Grayson really liked it. Ruth really enjoyed Ruth enjoyed it as well. Um, so I think, again, if you like the first one, I think you'll enjoy this one. But uh, if not, let us know. I mean, just let us know either way what your thoughts are. Because I feel like it could probably go either way. Yeah, I mean, because I'd never watched the original Hocus Pocus, mm-hmm. so I'd watched them both kind of back to back, and I just I, I was kind of expecting. Okay, we saw how the first one ended. I thought it would have kind of picked up, not necessarily there, but because they started off kind of a flashback of mm-hmm. the three as kids, and I was like, well, where are they going to do with this? <laughs> you know, I, I thought they was going to do mm-hmm. something different. And then, so I don't know what, I mean, I, mean, I guess that kind of served a different purpose toward the end of this movie, but yeah. uh, it just kind of gave you a different idea of what they were going to do. And um, it did, they did have fun. Like you said, I could tell like, as far as the sisters, they were fine, but it just seemed like everything around them just didn't fit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, cause I found myself not really paying attention to a lot of things. Like some of what you mentioned, like, man, I don't even remember that. Yeah. Um, you know, because the first one you had, you know, um, family moving into this new town, kid getting bullied because he's from L.A. and getting picked on because all your Hollywood and this, that, and not wanting to get stuck taking his sister trick-or-treating, but there's a girl in class he likes and end up find, somehow stumbling on the party at her house and... Mm-hmm. And that's how they kind of stumble on their house and lighting the candle, which brings them back and just everything kind of worked out. This seemed to work smoother just, there than here. <laughs> yep. Just you know? all a little hocus pocus. That's all. Yep. And um, it just seemed like the there's better chemistry during the first one than this one. Mm-hmm. Everything just seemed to flow better here. It did seem like they, they tried a little too hard and kind of lost focus on what they were, you know, just more just like, Hey, you got Hocus Pocus too. You're just trying to capitalize on the cult following that they had instead of yeah. focusing more on 
this is a sequel to this movie, so let's remember what we did here and kind of kind of follow up. <laughs> yeah, use it as a springboard, not as a not yes. as a yeah. Like, oh yeah. look, we're making nods to the first one. Oh look, we're... yeah. Okay, that's great. If I wanted to watch the first one, I'd watch the first one. <laughs> yeah, like we've seen we've seen them do things like that, but it works better mm-hmm. than here. You know, it's a way to do it right and just in you know, like you said. Other people may watch it and get a whole different feeling from it. You know, they might love yeah. it, but and yeah, to that we we are happy for. Yeah, so. but I did enjoy the first one more than. I mean, I don't know how I'd feel if I had watched it back when I was thirteen, mm-hmm. and then rewatched, and then watched this, then you yeah. know, different thing. But this, you know, having watched that for the first time now, and then this, mm, they're okay. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not for me. I mean, I like the first one. Like, I, I can see myself rewatching the first one, but the second one, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Not saying it's bad, but it's, I think right. it's definitely it's not, geared more towards kids. Yep. Not, not for me. Yeah. Agreed. All right, my friend, you are up first. All right. So, I managed to make it to the theater and I watched the movie Smile. Which was released this past Friday, September 30th. Runtime of an hour and 55 minutes. Directed by Parker Finn. <clears throat> and stars uh, Sosie Bacon as Dr. Rose Cotter. Jesse T. Usher, or A-Train, as Trevor. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Gallner as Joel. Caitlin Stacy as Laura Weaver. Cal Penn as Dr. Morgan, uh, I guess, Desai. Or Desai, and Rob Morgan as Robert Talley. Uh, after witnessing a bizarre, traumatic incident involving a patient, Dr. Rose Cotter starts experiencing frightening occurrences that she can't explain. Rose must confront her troubling past in order to survive and escape her horrifying new reality. So, I never watched any of the trailers, so I went kind of blind for this. So, you know, last week... <clears throat> At work, a coworker had mentioned the movie and was telling me about it. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to watch it, you know, because he feel like it'd be a pretty good horror movie. And um, so it starts off, you see Dr. Carter. She's a psychiatrist in the hospital. And she first learns of a patient that, you know, just kind of mumbling to himself and she talks to him mm-hmm. and just suggests that he goes to observation and kept an eye on every couple hours. She's about to leave and like she's left the room, phone rings, and she comes back, picks it up and got another person that's brought in, which they showed her being brought in from an ambulance, but from a high angle camera, her screaming and being brought in. And so she felt like she's being followed and she's seeing like strange things like people that she knows, some strangers and whoever she sees or whatever she sees is always smiling. And so Dr. Carter's just like, you know, you're just dealing with some kind of delusions, you know, just using her doctor terminology, just kind of, kind of diagnosing it like that. And it was like, you're not listening. (laughs) You're not hearing me. But, um, but a little bit later, this patient proceeds to commit suicide right in front of her. And so of course that traumatizes Dr. Cotter. And then she starts kind of having similar experiences after this. And she's not sure what's going on to the point where it's affecting her job. And, you know, her boss is giving her a week off 
she's got a new relationship she's trying to balance and the guy's kind of like you know you're you know you're, whatever you're going through i don't know if i can handle it she's yeah. got it yeah she's got an ex that's a police officer that's investigating that particular situation and you know it's it's i've seen it twice so <laughs> um it was like there was a couple moments that i really kind of got scared because they yeah. kind of used the whole dead silent i guess they used jump scares kind of properly it wasn't yeah. just they didn't lean on it and a lot of things happened that was really unexpected um one big thing that i took from it is there's no like post-credit scene but during the mm-hmm. end credit they have some real haunting music playing yeah. and i i just sat there listening to it i was like man like even though there's no scene, it was really interesting just sitting there listening to the sounds. I, I, I recorded some of it just to hear it. Um, but um, I just thought it was a pretty decently made horror movie. Okay. Uh, I don't think there's any, no eyeball stuff. Okay. Maybe some um, creep show skin peeling things, but, <laughs> but you know, nothing too much, yeah. too bad. Um this movie was originally planned to be on Paramount Plus only, mm-hmm. but the test screenings did well, better than they mm-hmm. thought, so they put it in the theater. It had a $17 million budget, and so far, Open Weekend has brought in $22 million, so it uh, worked out. Smile, worked out. <laughs> smile 2 coming soon. <laughs> right, or a prequel, one of the two. Yeah. Um, then I didn't know Smirk. <laughs> Smirk the prequel to Smile. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, uh, starring yours truly. Uh, <laughs> and then I didn't know, like, I, I don't watch TV or a lot of sport events on TV, mm-hmm. but for their promotion, they began placing random people in different public settings, sporting the movie's unsettling grin, including behind home plate in several Major League Baseball games, <laughs> and during a broadcast of ABC's Good Morning America. I wish I could have seen that. Yeah. This is, but, um, but yeah, the smile is pretty creepy. And, What's weird, they showed a 30-second teaser during Top Gun Maverick and Crimes of the Future, but it's been so long yeah. since I've seen those movies that I just forgot about. And they didn't put any promotion online, like teasers or anything like that. So, oh. yeah, it, it's... it's and, it, and then also, it kind of reminded me of The Ring. Yeah. Final Destination. The Shining. And the movie Fallen with uh, Denzel. Oh, yeah, Denzel like and Elias Coteas. Yeah. yeah, some elements of those movies. I was like, all right. I like all those movies. Yep, I'm, like, I'm, I'm digging it. So this is definitely something I see watching definitely around this around this time or any yeah. time, really. Um, I really enjoyed it. So much so, okay. watched it twice. Almost went back the same same day. Like, nope, I need to go home so I can <laughs> do some other stuff. But, um, yeah. It's it's a trippy, creepy movie. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, oh, uh, uh, a tip: if you think you may witness some kind of traumatic event, try not to watch. <laughs> Make something may attach itself to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now you got me wondering if I need to go. If I am going to go watch it now. <laughs> First, you had me so I was like, all right, maybe I'll go check it out. And you're like, I mean, movie all right, watch. maybe not. It's real life stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> long. Okay. Well, speaking of traumatic events. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not that bad. 
I watched on Netflix the movie Blonde. Uh, rated NC-17 for all the new, all the nudity and then some. wasn't even that. Uh, wasn't even that bad. It wasn't that bad, but it was quite yeah. a bound. I mean, yeah. it's, it was a lot, but it wasn't. It's like, a lot. I thought maybe like that edge of R and, but it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it's like Boogie. It wasn't any worse than Boogie Nights, to be no. honest. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> as far as that, um, or anything really that occurred in Boogie Nights, not any worse than this movie. Uh, this movie, anyways, NC seventeen. I know that they were actually trying to push for that for some reason. I guess yeah. to get more publicity. I think it's a publicity thing. Okay. I feel like it is because they could have cut some of that stuff out. But, but anyways, two hours, 46 minutes long. This is a very long movie. And there are times it, you feel it. I had to break this up into like three increments to watch it. I mean, just due to time more than anything. Yeah. Um. Anyways, it is a fictionalized, keyword fictionalized, chronicle of the inner life of Marilyn Monroe, a.k.a. Norma Jean. Starring uh, Ana de Armas from Knives Out and No Time to Die as Norma Jean. Also that god-awful Ben Affleck movie, Deepwater, whatever it's called. Something like that, the Hulu movie. That was not good. Yeah. Anyways. Uh see Julianne Nicholson as Gladys. And then uh you have Evan Williams as Eddie Robinson Jr., Xavier Samuel as Cass Chaplin, and a bunch I mean there's so many supporting cast members in this movie, it's hard to even find one that's in it for an extended amount of time. Yeah. Uh, Bobby kind of always in it. Toby Huss is in it. And it doesn't tell, like it, it just says athlete. <laughs> like it didn't even give a name for Bobby yeah. kind of always character. Cause it's supposed to be fictionalized, but we right. all know it's Joe DiMaggio is who he's yeah. supposed to be playing. Um, but yeah, it's, and then, yeah, it, it's, um, it's a very artsy movie, as I like to put it. <clears throat> this would be something that would be playing at like the Bell well for Nashville would be like the Bell Court or depending on where you live, like an art house style film or mm-hmm. theater. This would not be is not one that would be initial initially run in your theater ch- you know, in your major theater chains unless it was getting nominated for you know, for awards. Then it probably will. Otherwise, it'll stick to the art house. It is very artsy. It's part parts of it are in black and white, parts of it are in color. I still haven't figured out the entire time I was trying to watch it. I was trying to figure out like the meaning behind why some of it is in. Like I think some of it is. I want to say like the black and white stuff is her as Norma Jean, and then the stuff that's in color is her. Is Mar- is as Marilyn Monroe like the the image? I guess. Yeah. That's the she, only thing I can really think of. They were like she was 
like as far as fictionalization goes, she was pretty much Norma Jean, but when she's on camera, she's Marilyn Monroe or the president in public, you know, doing yeah. things like that. Yeah. But when she's not working, she's Norma Jean. Yeah. <laughs> so so what if she's well. watching she's watching the movies like, yeah, that's not me up there, that's Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She's playing a part. Like yeah. Marilyn is not really her, it's just personification. It's yeah. just who she is on screen. Like a wrestler almost. Right. Like, that's not really who they are, it's just who it's just a character they play. Yeah. In the ring. That they're different people whenever they get out. So, uh, the film is based on the 2000 novel *Blonde* by jo- Joyce Carol Oates, which is a fictionalized account inspired by the life of Marilyn Monroe, not an actual biography. Oates insisted that the novel is a work of fiction that should not be regarded as a biography. Oates said that she didn't have anything to do with the making of the movie, though. Once in the once in a while, the director Andrew Dominic would get in contact with her, and that she was given an almost final cut. The novel had been previously adapted into a two-part miniseries, Blonde, in 2001, starring Poppy Montgomery as Marilyn. Netflix asked the director to tone down the sexual content. Regardless, the film received an NC-17 rating for it. Uh, when asked about the NC-17 rating of the film, the director, Andrew Dominic, was, quote, surprised, end quote, when the rating was announced because he thought, quote, we'd colored inside the lines, end quote. Which is funny for a movie that's only half in color and mostly in black and white. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah. It could be the presidential scene that maybe pushed it over. If anything, maybe. And then, and then there was one other. Yeah, but still, it was kind of towing. I felt like it was just kind of towing that line. Yeah, I I felt a lot of it was unnecessary. Yeah, like I get. It could I can understand it from an artistic, it. like I can understand from an artistic standpoint. But at some point, you're some point, the nudity is just nudity. You know what I mean? Like you're missing the the artistic value of what you're using it for. Right. So then it just there to be there. <laughs> just there to be. Yeah. It's there to save money on costumes. <laughs> but it it didn't take me. It didn't take me out of the movie. Like I appreciate, like she. Uh, to, first of all, Anna De Armas's portrayal of Marilyn Monroe. That's going to be. She's going to get nominated for some stuff for that. I mean, her performance was lights out. If there's no other reason to watch this movie, her performance alone is is enough for me. Now, is it something I'm going to rewatch? Nope. I'm good. A one-time viewing is all I'm going to handle. Yeah. Because I I don't need it. Yeah. It. I'm glad I watched it because it is beautifully shot, beautifully Mm -hmm. shot. Um, The story, it's almost more like a series of vignettes, you know, it's like little like this event happened. Just and then this this event happened and then this one and this one, you know, it's just kind of a with no the only and the only through line being. 
you know, her trying to come to terms with her, you know, her identity is in public and in private. Her just wanting to have a family because she didn't know her dad. Her dad ran out. Her mom died from overdose. And so she really has not had a family. Yeah. And she just wants a family. And she kept having mar- miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. And just can never feel whole inside because of it. Right. And that's why she kept moving on from suit or, you know, from person to person in relationships and eventually succumbing to um, basically any depressants and then getting hooked on medications and then it being in her untimely death. And then finding out that these letters she was getting from someone she thought was her dad was actually just an ex-lover that was just really jaded at at how well at her superstardom, I guess you could say. Yeah. Jealous of her career and then decided to be, you know, a douche about that. And then when they actually confessed about it, that's apparently, according to the movie, kind of what did her in. So beautifully shot, though. I mean, it's it is a very well made movie. It's just the story is not one I really want to relive, I guess is a good way to you know, rewatch. But the acting is phenomenal. I mean, she is, she out acts half this cast. <laughs> yeah, it's her movie. Yeah. Of I mean, course. Yeah. But um, there's a couple of transitions. Like when she was in the plane, took the pills and drank the champagne and wine, and she kind of woke up, stood up. Playing then it transitioned her in the theater where people were clapping. Mm-hmm. Like that was cool. Then there was a couple of moments where she was shooting a scene, got pulled back, and there was like a couple of effects they had on the lights, kind of blurred. I was like, this is real stylish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, I like I didn't like the look of it. Um, about her performance, um, but yeah, one one time deal. Yeah, I I would have probably enjoyed it a little bit more if they would have just kept it in black and white. Like, I understand why they did it back and forth. Yeah. I think I would have just enjoyed it more just staying in black and white. Throughout. Yeah. Maybe they'll have an option later. Just keep it <laughs> black and white. I'm still not going to rewatch it, but that'd no. be great if they did. <laughs> yeah. It's and again, it's not. It's a good movie. It's just there's just a lot going on, and it is very long. I mean, I still think you probably could have kept it to a tight two hours. Like, there's a lot of, there at least two fifteen. You cut yeah. about thirty minutes out. Of, you could have cut thirty minutes out of that. But it's but it's very well done. Look for her to get. Nominated for Best Actress and awards coming up, shoot before too long, a few months. She doesn't get nominated. That role was for nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except to get her more roles, maybe. Oh yeah, more, I mean, ser- it'll, more, uh, more. It'll more get her serious. more serious roles, yeah, than just supporting actress roles. Yeah. Yeah. It'll get her some more leading lady ones for sure. No, it's it, it was very well done, but I'll I'll be honest, I was freaking exhausted when I got done watching it. 
Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> I just finished watching two movies, then came home and watched it. Again, was, that's on you. That part's on you, though. <laughs> I was like, I want to at least be able to talk about it. So yeah, no, no, no I, I get I'll it. Put it on while I kind of jot stuff down about what I've watched and um, I, like the most break I took was maybe twenty minutes because I'm like, if I don't, it's, I'm not gonna finish it. Yeah. So I gotta push through. And um, I mean, it, it was good. It was a beautiful movie to watch to look at, yeah. at least. But yeah. <laughs> So she tried to, uh, Ana de Armas apparently spent nine months trying to perfect the voice and American accent of Marilyn Monroe. Uh, Ana de Armas is Cuban, so, of Cuban. There was one moment when she was on the phone where that Cuban kind of came out a little bit. Yeah. But, but otherwise, she, I think she did pretty well. But yeah. It, yeah. So... Nine months, golly. But you know, of course, you know, it had it had its debut screening at the Venice uh, Film Festival, which, of course, it really received a long-standing ovation. But you know, apparently, people time those ovations because you know every movie that gets screened there apparently gets a standing ovation of some kind. Like, oh, they got a standing ovation. I'm like, yeah. So did this movie, this movie, this movie, this. Uh, this one got one for like 14 minutes, though. Like, that's I'm not standing. I'm not standing for 14 minutes to applaud a movie. I'm sorry. I don't care if it's my favorite movie. Right. After about you get me for about a minute and I'm done. Like they get they get the hint. All right. Yeah. Sit. Sit. <laughs> but it's whatever. I, that stuff. Um. But yeah, it's 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 whatever. It's fine. Um, yeah, that's I think that's all I got to say about that. So I uh, believe you've got one more. So. Yep, I got one more. So after watching Smile for the second time, <laughs> prompt to decision to go back and watch Spirit Halloween, which um, I think was supposed to release next month, but Release this Friday on the 30th. Runtime of an hour and 27 minutes. Sweet spot time. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by David Pogue. And it stars Donovan Collin as Jake. Marissa Reyes as Kate. Jaden J. Smith as Bo. I don't think related to the Smiths, which is why gotcha. I added the J. Because <laughs> uh, I was looking at like, what year did this come out? <laughs> but not that Jaden Smith. Um, Dylan Frankel as Carson. Rachel Lee Cook as Sue, uh, Jake's mom, and then Christopher Lloyd as Alec Windsor. Um, <clears throat> when a Halloween store opens in a deserted strip mall, three friends, thinking they've outgrown trick-or-treating, decide to spend the night locked inside, but their night of spook-filled fun soon turns to outlandish survival. So <clears throat> you have Jake, his two friends, Bo and Carson, Jake's really big on Halloween and is like, hey, Halloween's coming up. We got to go trick-or-treating. Carson, he's a few months older than Jake and is like, look, starting to grow chest hairs, even though it's only a few. We got to stop doing that. We got to go to high, you know, high school parties. And um, basically, trick-or-treat is like their tradition, which he does with his dad who passed away from an illness. 
So now his mom has moved on, married someone else. He doesn't like stepdad. And he has a sister from that relationship. But um, his big thing is we got to do trick-or-treating because it's tradition. Yeah. And Carson's like, no, nah, man, we got to do something different. So Jake gets the idea. Well, they're they're riding their bike and they stumble upon this <laughs> this uh, Halloween store just out in the middle of nowhere. Well, it's like, you know... <clears throat> It's like a warehouse area, mm-hmm. and it's just in the middle. It's like, okay, that doesn't look suspicious at all. But they go inside. Surprisingly, there's like one or two employees that work in there, so I guess it's legit. But um, they get the idea, like, you know, instead of trick-or-treating, why don't we just spend the night inside of here? And once once all, they late, once the, the staff leaves, a lot of spooky stuff starts happening. So... To rewind back, rewind back a little bit, it starts off with uh, Christopher Lloyd's character, Alec Windsor, delivering final notice papers to take over land. And the woman he speaks to is a witch, casts a spell, which he kind of plays off as like, uh, whatever. Like, didn't do anything to me, then he drops dead. And so, basically, his spirit is trapped in this location. Um... And it kind of felt like, in a way, when it started off, it kind of felt like Hocus Pocus because, mm-hmm. you know, got the teenager, he's got a sister that wants him to take her trick-or-treating. He kind of blows her off, but then he gets her this um, pin of her favorite princess and, you know, but doesn't say, doesn't tell her that he got it for her. But um, it, does, it kind of does follow Hocus Pocus a little bit, the first one, <laughs> quite a bit. But, um, so... Let's see. Jake's also interested in his best friend's sister, but she's interested in the athlete. <laughs> Again, mm-hmm. kind of similar to mm-hmm. Focus. <laughs> but um, so basically they get locked in. The spirit of Alec Windsor is jumping into different toys, creatures, and bodies and just terrorizing them. And basically he has to body a human the way he can come back and stay forever which is, again, similar to Hocus Pocus in a way. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a lot of similarities to that. Um, but I thought it was a fun family horror movie. You know, could have been on Netflix. Yeah. It would have been cool. But, you know, it was free. <laughs> that mo- right. At the most would have paid 55 cents right. for it. But um, it was fun watching. I I enjoyed it. Um I wouldn't. I didn't know. I didn't know nothing about it. Didn't watch right. the trailer. Yep. Yep. But it's like, hey, it's a Halloween movie. Let me just no, because I know we're doing like a Halloween movie a week. I'm like, yep. Stacking on. It's just stacking. <laughs> stack on. Stack on. Stack on stacks. <laughs> right. Um. So apparently, Spirit Halloween is a real store that's open every year throughout August, October in the United States and Canada. And then I was reading that the building they use. Is a former Toys R Us <laughs> that um where is it? Yeah, it was, it was shot at a Spirit Halloween in Rome, Georgia, formerly occupied by Toys R Us. So I was like, the shape of it looked familiar, but it was a former Toys R Us, and um that was cool. It's it a cool ninety-minute movie. Yep, fun for everybody. Um, I enjoyed it. Awesome. Cool. Nice impromptu movie. 
Yeah, exactly. It yeah. surprised you. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, <clears throat> one thing I forgot to mention, we, because, you know, yesterday was Rocktober 1st. And every Rocktober, we have a game we play in our house that I initially started, in which we played Hide It, which is our little mini Pennywise figure. Mm-hmm. And I bought a new one this year, too. Uh, the only thing that I think scared Ruth more than Pennywise growing up was the E.T. As she refers to it, childhood trauma. So that's basically <laughs> her Oompa Loompa for me. Like, okay. I don't do Oompa Loompas. She apparently doesn't do E.T. Now, because I'm a very, very loving spouse, I went and got an E.T. pop figure with, <laughs> but it's E.T. holding holding the flowers on the little thing of flowers yeah so i put it with the plant. actually i hit it i hit it up or hit et up first and then i put it in one of the plants and then one of the plant hurt she claims one of the plants died i'm like pretty sure it's probably was dead before et got there <laughs> so don't blame it on him right so today we were cleaning or i was cleaning she was repotting plants so i grabbed et and taped him to the or little knockoff version of a Roomba. Mm-hmm. And so I taped him to the top because it looks like, I mean, it's round, so it looks like a UFO. I taped ET to the top of it while it, while it went around and was cleaning. So I thought it was hilarious. Ruth came in and started busting up laughing. I said, what? He's riding around on his UFO. Yeah, he's going home. <laughs> he's pretty much trying to. Yeah. So I, uh, I thought that was hilarious, so I put that on there. And, of course, I put our little Pennywise figure, I put it in the in the, uh, in the cabinet where we keep our plates and everything. I was like, everybody uses that. I don't even care who I get. Yeah. And then the new one I put in York's uh, sock and underwear drawer yesterday. <laughs> so I came down this morning, and it was literally, it was uh, by our, or sitting in our Keurig. So ready for me for when I came downstairs. So. Yeah. So it has begun. Yes. So it has. Yes. So who knows where it will be come tomorrow morning. It is a fun game. And ETs, you know, we're, it's all about trying to face our fears and make right. and have fun with it. Yeah. But not necessarily to pick on any one person in the house, but to let them know our fears are worth facing and then having fun with it because the more fun you have with it and more ridiculous it is the less afraid you'll be of it true now if it becomes a problem it will wind up in the trash i'm guaranteeing it so like i already know it so they'll be like all right you know it's like i tell the kids know when the joke is over like a joke has a very short shelf life until you until you do something that's referred to as a callback, but you only get to do that once. <laughs> that is true. So, and then after that, the joke is over. Otherwise, you're beating a dead horse. So, it's not funny anymore. So I always have to remind the kids. Sometimes have to remind myself, knowing the joke is over. Yeah. Know when it's not funny to the other person anymore. It may still be funny to you. They may not be funny to the other person. All right. Speaking of jokes, 
New episode of She-Hulk this week. The Retreat. So she goes to apparently a person that she met at the wedding. You know, they had a couple of dates and everything. And uh, then she gets a phone call that Emil Blonsky's uh, ankle bracelet went off. So she's having to race out to this compound they'd staying at. And as well as the probation parole person. And turns out the two of the other, what did you call them? Just not really monsters, but characters that are some sort of demon or monster type thing. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, we're playing and somehow knocked his ankle bracelet loose, but he had basically it's a, Say it's an in, and say inhibitor. an inhibitor, not an inhibitor, but like a D inhibitor. <laughs> so it makes it where it yeah. doesn't, where he, he doesn't, I want to say Hulk out, but he doesn't become a transform into abomination. Right. That's part of his sentence. He can't yes. be abomination anymore. Right. Yeah. And so someone had screwed up his, essentially his ankle bracelet, more or less. Yeah. So then she got out there, and then the two, the two other characters were fighting or a play fighting i guess you could say and then end up demolishing her prius prime so or plus whatever it's called and she has no signal so she can't get she, uh she can't call for a wrecker or anything like that to come out and you know pick up her car or get a ride home so she's stuck there and having to basically face some things that she's going through and uh, kind of have a better understanding of what these other characters are going through also. Yep. But it's done in like a, you know, like an AA meeting style retreat type things. Trying to have to share and all this other stuff. Oh. And <clears throat> the ending was interesting though. Like, okay. Oh, we've got, Three more? Left. Two? Two or three more? This was... Seven, seven wasn't it? No, two two yeah. more, yeah. Yep. I mean, <clears throat> they do introduce those two characters, Mandel yeah. and I think Thunderball, yeah. who says, I'm not a matador, but he's dressed like it. Right. <laughs> and he says, calls himself a mm. swashbuckler, but dressed mm. like a pirate, pirate then. <laughs> but, yeah. And then she actually has to confront... One of the guys that jumped her yes, yes. In, in the alley. And um, you know, he's trying to reform his ways and whatnot. The whole time I was sitting there like, man, this felt like a setup. Mm-hmm. But like I don't know. We haven't seen the big picture yet, but it did feel like a setup. Um then you had um a vampire like character. What was it? Yeah. Sar- Saracen. I'm like, all right. I don't know if that's an actual Marvel character or not, or even if the other two are. I didn't right. look them up. Um, but, um, I mean, I enjoyed it. I feel like, again, this is this so serious. It just divided people yeah. and everything. But it was, it was, it was entertaining. So, because <clears throat> I'm still kind of on the fence on it. Like, there's aspects of it, of it that I like because it reminds me. There's a lot of it that kind of reminds me of Buffy. 
you know, it's it's got a lot of that humor, but mixed with the mixed with like you know the monsters and demons and superheroes, yeah. you know, and all that mixed into a kind of freak of the week type storyline type thing. Yeah, I think once the series wraps, I'm going to start. I'm going to start from the beginning and then watch it all the way through. Yeah. Because there is, there's. It's all tied together. It's all tied together, but it's very loosely tied together. Like it's its own thing. Each episode is kind of its own thing, but there's elements. There are, yeah. So. That's why I want to watch it. Yeah, that's why I want to watch it after it's finished. Yeah. But you know, maybe the next two will kind of start bringing it together because. Yeah. Previous, that ending. The, the previous episode, the one before that, kind of set up something that people are like, ooh, we're going to, like, no. <laughs> Marvel. They, they, yeah, yeah. This may not pay off until <laughs> who knows when. You know? Until a, a movie like a year from now and be like, hey, remember when? You saw this thing? Yeah. Now we're going to pay that off. Yeah. Sure. But it's cool that we got, you know, they're, they're at least acknowledging Abomination, you know, bringing them into the MCU um, introducing She-Hulk to the, you know, because yeah. these series, like I said, these the shows I think are just introducing the new characters. So when eventually they get to the um movies, then they'll yeah. start tying them in a little more there. I'm also kind of wondering if She-Hulk's going to wind up being in Secret Wars at all. I'm kind of curious about that or any of the other shows. Because this is going to be interesting because this show is so focused on the comedy. Like, if they bring her character into the movies, it's not going to be as comedic, comedic. Right. Like, how's that going to work? I'm kind of curious. Maybe something will happen by the end of the season that will kind of, you know, put a little more serious. Make the tones. Yeah, tone will shift. Yeah. I mean, because you think about it, WandaVision, the... You could tell there's a like an overarching overarching spot where the tone changes and mm-hmm. things get more serious the further in the series. Because mm-hmm. I would say the I mean all the way up until she has the babies in Wandavision, yeah. it's all comedic, and then after that it becomes starkly more dark. The True. more it goes, so. True. So who knows, maybe we'll do that with this, or maybe not. It is what it is. Uh, speaking of Starkingly Dark, uh, Andor, have you gotten caught up or started watching? Not yet. I'm going to try to not get, try to do that this week. Okay. It's it's still good. Uh, things are kind of picking up. And, uh, you know, it's I'm enjoying it. It's definitely got a good... It's definitely story focused and not as much action, but that kind of was the same for Obi Wan too uh, for that series. I just think the writing for this is better. So, um, but I am enjoying it, I, and this is another one. Once it's finished, I'll probably rewatch again. Yeah, and uh, really pay attention a little bit better. What I have been, so because I guarantee there's stuff I've missed. But I'm enjoying it though. I am. It's it's good, good stuff. 
And then the last thing I've watched, well, or have been watching. So when I was a kid, and we'll say right around seventh grade, actually, I had this nine-inch black and white TV. It's the only TV I had. Mm-hmm. I was happy to have it. No remote. It was a turn knob and all that. So I had it in my room for the longest time. And then when we were getting ready to move to Missouri, we moved to a duplex. And, you know, so I had to share a room with my brother. So we had bunk beds. And I, uh, you know, would fall asleep. I'd, it would be the news. And then 1030 would be I Love Lucy. And then Perry Mason would be on an 11. Depending on how good the Perry Mason episode was would depend on if I went to sleep right away or if I ended up forcing myself to, to stay awake to watch the end of it. Yeah. So And that went on for a whole year. And, you know, I hadn't really got to watch it, you know, since then. Paramount Plus has the first three seasons of Perry Mason on. So I've been putting it on my iPad and been falling asleep to it. <laughs> And sometimes watch, stayed up watching the full episode and then fall asleep to the next one. Yeah. Uh, Perry, the original Perry Mason TV show, not the HBO Max one, which is also a very good series, but a very different kind of tone to it, much darker tone. And I kind of want to rewatch that one too now. Uh, but uh, this, but the original Perry Mason series, uh, Started in 1950, season one started in 1957, and it went on for nine seasons, 271 total episodes, and uh, from 1957 to 1966. Again, they only had the first three seasons on Paramount Plus, which kind of, I don't know if it like switched uh, after season three, if it switched to a different TV station. So right. they only had the rights for like the first three seasons, but not not four through nine. And that's why they only have one through three up. I don't know. I'll have to double, I'll look more into that. But I've been enjoying rewatching them, though. And, you know, it's kind of like having that war- It's kind of like watching The Price is Right when you don't feel when you don't feel good. Yeah, it's just kind of like that extra warm blanket. And that's kind of what this show is for me. I don't know what it is. It's very well done. Like I. I always, I never could. I like the show because you never really know who the who the villain or the you know killer is till the end. Because of course they're going to bring up some some weird fact you know along the way that doesn't make sense until the very end. Right. But it's fine. It's how they did stuff back then. But it's it's I still find it entertaining. I still really like it. Raymond Burr. Is always awesome, and uh, excuse me, William Hopper is Paul Drake. Love him, and then uh, of course Barbara Hill is Della Street. So good stuff. I yeah, I've always loved it. I still just enjoy uh, rewatching it. Such a good series. Courtroom dramas. Dun, dun, dun. I think that's all I got for this week. Got a lot of catching up to do. And yep. Final episodes of Walking Dead starts tonight. Oof. In the last eight of those. I did not watch House of Dragons or 
I keep wanting to say Ring of Fire. The Lord of the Ring show. Yeah. Rings of Power. There we go. I didn't yeah. watch the Johnny Cash one either. The Ring of Fire version. I did have this thought, though. Okay? Yeah. Hear me out. I would... Because I was talking to somebody else... Or former guest Chris Manzini was talking about the show. Mm-hmm. And I commented that I thought... I just like the dwarves. I don't care about anything else going on, just the doors, which we talked about when we had a lower house on. Mm-hmm. Like the door stuff, don't really care much. If it's not the doors, I don't care. I would like to see them do a mockumentary, like a la like The Office, but it's just the dwarves and working in the mines. Following them around and have them. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, because they, they're freaking hilarious, like on the show and even in the movies. But they don't realize they're like they think they're being really serious, but they're freaking hilarious. And I just would love to see that type of show, but it's just them working in the mines, and it's just and then like and then they can like make uh, they can allude to like the elves and then the hobbits and like all these people are trying to come here, and apparently so and so is going on this this adventure with them. I hope it works out great for them. I'll be vying for his position in the mines, you know. Yeah. Like, I could see it being a great, you know, like being hilarious or at least mediocre at best. But the idea sounds amazing. And I would I, I would be all there for it. Never know. Maybe Never know. Happen. Yeah. But, yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. I said, that would be hilarious. I'd be down for that. Then, um... On AMC, they started the uh, interview with the vampire series. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know if it started. I know I had, a, for those that are members of AMC mm-hmm. Plus, a exclusive first look, which gotcha. I haven't watched yet. I watched the trailer. It looks interesting, to say the least. So we'll see what I managed to watch this week. I should, I should have some success. Same. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yep. Same. Healthy. Indeed. That's about it. Um, I did start watching one movie, but I didn't talk about it tonight because I haven't finished it. On Apple TV, mm-hmm. the uh, I might be getting the title wrong already, just because it's long-winded and it's kind of a not very good title. I think it's referred to as the greatest beer run. Yep, the greatest beer run ever. With Zach Efron and Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe's like in it just a little bit. So far, Bill Murray is in it a little bit. But you didn't. It was great because he's kind of unrecognizable. Because one, he kind of has a full head of hair. Yeah. And glasses and like a mustache. So I was like, that Bill Murray? That's Bill Murray. Holy crap. I've heard the title. Uh, yeah, it's directed by Peter Farrelly. So one half of the Farrelly brothers. But it, it's, I'm enjoying it so far. It's, I mean, it's, well, I'll talk about it next week. But I started watching that one. That did drop on Apple TV. Boom. So. I still need to finish Surface. <laughs> I'm still two oh episodes man. off from that. Darn. What happens if we can go see all these movies on, for a movie podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Get into that mood. Yes. Oh. Uh, well, Grayson's been watching um, 
God, what's it called? My second chance see like season two or something like that. It takes it's a gymnastic show, but it's an Australian gymnastic show. Mm-hmm. So it's um something. For sure. Okay. It's something. And she keeps rewatch she keeps watching it. I'm like It's it could be worse. It could definitely be worse. It's their Australian accents, I'll take it. Right. But yep. Well, I hope everyone has an amazing start to the Rocktober month. May all your days this month rock the crisp air. Fall air has arrived here in Nashville for how long? That's a better question. Uh, okay. For all of those, for all our people in Florida, we hope you're doing okay. Um, we, most importantly, we hope you have power. Uh, my stepmom seems to be holding up okay. I have not heard from her uh, in the past day or two, but uh, when I talked to her before it hit, she was ready to go. Uh, she had somebody, move, a friend of hers moved in with her, so she's got somebody with her, and they already had all of their, you know, their one nice furniture was moved in the house. Mm-hmm. They have a generator. They have supplies. And, uh, yeah. She's not too worried about the hurricane, but more of the aftermath and the storms right. that follow it that may actually cause the most damage and may make it to where she loses power. To our friends of Florida, please, we hope you're safe and we are thinking about you. Yes. With that, we bid you adieu on this, the my favorite month of the year, at least, October. And we will talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.